you to take your Bibles, if you would, and stand with me and turn to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Verses 19 through 34, we're taking a look at stewardship is priorities. Stewardship is priorities. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19, the Bible says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body. What ye shall put on, is not life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold the, fowl, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for the opportunity to be able to be here. And Lord, I do pray that you would take your word and use it in our hearts and our lives. Thank you for the ministry of music uh, through uh, Brother Richard and Addie and Blaze and, and Carrie on the piano. We thank you for that. And uh, thank you for the uh, ministry of being able to give uh, back to you as the ushers came forward. And we are able to worship you through giving. And now, Father, I pray that you would <clears throat> help our hearts and minds to be directed towards the things of your word. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to <clears throat> understand your word and apply biblical principles to our lives. We ask you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. The one thing that I want you to remember as you go throughout your week, the take home is, as I mentioned this morning, that going after that which is truly important will bring lasting fulfillment. Going after that which is truly important will bring 
lasting fulfillment. I spoke to you <clears throat> this morning that and mentioned to you that you must determine your current priorities. And we went through all that, and I'm not going to go back through that again, but you must determine your current priorities. But then secondly, <clears throat> in order to have, make the right type of decisions, number two, you must make priority decisions. You must make priority decisions. And that's what I want to explain to you tonight, to show you from the Word of God how to make priority decisions. See, we make decisions every day, don't we? From the smallest of things, like what am I going to wear today, to the larger things of life, like is it time for, to, for me to find a new job, or is it time to uh, buy a new house, or whatever the case may be. I know that the higher that you go in a corporation, uh, that the less you want to make decisions. So if you notice, many times, uh, people in corporations, they will wear the same thing every day. So that, that way they don't have to make that decision. It was up to me. I would wear the same thing every day. I told my wife, it's just one less decision I have to make. I don't, I don't want to have to worry about it. I have a black pair of pants, a white shirt, black shoes, that's it. Throw a jacket on. I'm ready for Sunday. I'm good to go. Every day I could wear the same thing over and over and over again. Matter of fact, I think the Catholics have us beat on that right there, you know. <laughs> I'm glad some of you laughed. I was just kidding, all right? You might see me in clerical garb next week. You never know. No, just... <laughs> but I would wear that every... Why? Because I don't want to make the decision. I, I just... You make too many decisions and it's just something else I don't have to worry about. I ask my wife, I don't ever make decisions on what we have for dinner. I ask my wife, well, what are we having for dinner? And she'll tell me. And I'll say, oh, okay. That's what we're having for dinner. So it makes the decision easier for me for lunch. What am I going to have for lunch? Okay. I, 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 but all of us make decisions. We make little decisions and we make big, big decisions all the time. But we need to make sure that our priority decisions are in line with the kingdom of God and His righteousness. The most important decisions, the things that will bring lasting value to you, the things that will last for all of eternity. See, in order to make some priority decisions, there are some questions that we need to ask. So, Pastor, how do I, according to the Word of God, how do I make a priority decision? Here you go. Here's the first question you need to ask yourself. Write this down, if you would, please. Will it last? Will it last? Take a look at verses 19 and 20. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. See, the Bible's very clear that there are some things that will last, and there are other things that will not last. See, the treasures of, these, of the earth, what I mentioned to you this morning, they are susceptible to ruin, to rust, and to robbers. But when we lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven, we don't have to worry about that. So we ask ourselves, according to the Word of God, we ask ourselves, will it last? I want you to turn to 2 Peter, if you would, please. Chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3. Will it last. When you're making a decision, a priority decision, will it last? Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 10. Second Peter 3, 10 and following. The Bible says, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, 
in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of person ought ye to be in, whole, in all holy conversation and godliness? Looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens, being on fire, shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. See, so, so what he's saying here is everything that we see, <coughs> excuse me, that's tangible in our life is going to be gone. So when we make priority decisions, we ought to ask the question, will it last? It doesn't mean that, that we don't get a car when we need a car. You say, well, that's not going to last, so I, I, I guess I'll just have to walk. This no, that's not what I'm saying. But when we are seeking after the kingdom of God, when we're going after that which is most important, and we have the opportunity, yeah, I could get a new car, I could buy that extra house, I could get those new clothes, but, but do I really need them, or could I invest this in the work of God? Now it's getting down to nitty-gritty, isn't it? Because very few times do we need something in America here. Most of the time, it's that we want something. And so we need to ask ourselves, we're making a priority decision, will it last? Will it last? See, what you're doing is you're making a decision with a long-range view in mind. See, we need to make decisions upon eternal values. Jesus speaks about, in this passage, of two kinds of people. First, he mentions those who put their values on the earthly. Remember, this is Jesus' first staff meeting. He's got his staff together, and he's teaching. That he could have said anything that he wanted. But he's trying to get these guys positioned to understand what the most important is. He could have taught them soul winning. He could have taught them how to preach. He could have taught them how to pray. And he does all of those type of things. But what he says to them is seek first the kingdom of God. And the reason being, you say, well, why did Jesus teach them that first? They didn't have, most of them didn't have any money anyway. Why did he teach them that first? Good question. Why did he? The reason being is because Jesus knew that if they put the kingdom of God first in their life, that they would be willing to lay down their life for the cause of Christ because many of them had to lay down their life for the cause of Christ. If anything else would have been first in their life, they would have shunned laying down their life for the cause of Christ. And my friends, though it may not be in our lifetime, but maybe in the lifetime of our kids and our grandkids, where there may come a time in America where they're going to have to make a choice if Jesus tarries, whether they're going to stand up for the cross of Christ and their life be taken or deny the cross of Christ and live. See, the first one is the one who puts their value on the earthly. The second person that Jesus talks about is the one who puts their values on the heavenly. See, and when you make priority decisions, you will be making a heavenly investment that, as I said this morning, that's exempt from ruin, rust, and robbers. Take a look at Matthew chapter 6 and verse 25. Take a look there. Jesus says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? <clears throat> All right, let me bring that up to 21st century, because most of us don't worry about what we're going to eat. Most of us don't worry about where we're going to sleep. 
most of us don't worry about what we're going to put on our backs, right? But these people did. Most of them, at, at most, they might have had two pair of clothing, two, two, two things to be able to dress up. Many of them didn't know where their next meal was coming from. It was a totally different society. How about this for us? Let's bring it up to the 21st century. What am I going to do in retirement? Am I going to have enough money for retirement? Am I going to be able to sustain my life for retirement? Am I going to be able to... See, that's where it becomes real, doesn't it? See, because, oh, well, I say, Pastor, I'm not worried about what I've got to wear. I'm not worried about what I've got to eat. I'm not worried about uh, where I'm going to sleep tonight. I'm not worried about that. And most of us aren't. But many of us, if we're not careful, we can start putting our security in. I, I wonder how much uh, I need to be able to retire comfortably. And Jesus isn't against planning. I'm not saying that, okay? But the point is, where are we putting our security? See, when trying to make priority decisions, you need to ask these questions. What type of lasting value will this decision bring to my church, to my family, to me personally? What type of lasting value will this bring to my church, to my family, and to me personally? Number two, the second question, if you're going to make priority decisions, the second question is here. Will this bring light or darkness? In verses 22 and 23, the Bible says, The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? This guides us into the question, to answer the question of righteousness. The question, it guides us into righteousness. So will it bring light or darkness? Uh, we, We would put it this way. If you're making a priority decision, will it be edifying when it affects the lives of others? Will it be edifying when it affects the lives of others. We could say it this way. Will it encourage another believer? Will it elevate another believer? If you're making decisions that are destructive to others or to yourself, it's the wrong decision. Take a look at Matthew chapter 5, if you would. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16. Will it bring light or darkness when you're making a priority decision, when we're investing in the heavenly Stewardship is priorities. Matthew 5, 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That sounds like a priority decision, does it not? That's what Jesus says. Let your works, let let those things that you do, those decisions that you make, bring glory unto God so that men may glorify God. That's the pattern that we should follow when making priority decisions. So, the first question is, will it last? The second question is, will it bring light or darkness? The third question is this. Write this down, if you would, please. Is this decision of faith? Is this decision of faith? Not faith in ourselves, but faith in God. 
It's interesting to note that we will trust God with our souls for all of eternity, but doubt if he's able to provide for our needs. Aren't we hypocritical? We like to accuse other people of being hypocritical. No, we like to, sometimes when we get out of the spirit, we'll accuse another believer of being hypocritical. But all of us are hypocrites. Amen. We are. We really are. When you think, we are willing to trust Jesus Christ with our souls for all of eternity, but we doubt if he can meet our daily needs. That is just, that is totally illogical. See, Hebrews 7.25, turn there because it tells us something. Hebrews 7.25 tells us, first of all, that he is able to save. Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. So we know that God's able to save. Now turn over to Philippians uh, chapter 4, if you would, please. Philippians chapter 4. So we believe that God's able to save, but take a look at Philippians chapter 4. And verse 19. But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Not only do we need to believe that God can save our soul and keep us for all of eternity, but we also need to believe that God will provide for our daily needs. See, we need to make decisions, priority decisions, based upon faith. And to be honest with you, some carnal Christians have really messed their lives up by claiming the promises of God without meeting the conditions. There's many carnal Christians, they've messed their lives up because they claim the promises of God without meeting the condition. And some of God's promises are conditional, and that's exactly what's in our text. It tells us here, in verse 32, for, all, for after all these things do the Gentiles seek... For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. We like to claim Philippians 4.19, and we like to claim that God will provide for all of our needs, but the, we, we missed the first part of that verse, verse 33 there, the condition. The condition for God to answer that prayer is for each and every one of us, all of us, corporately together, and then individually in our homes, to be seeking God and his kingdom first. See, God is under no obligation to meet our needs or to answer this promise here if we don't meet the condition. Amen. See, God will provide you what you need if you seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. In order to receive, for you and I, for us, in order to receive the blessings of God, we must learn and obey the principles of Scripture. But take a look here, number three, the way Jesus made decisions. The way Jesus made decisions. What you can find throughout Scripture, and I'm not going to have you turn there, but this is what he did. The first thing that Jesus, one of the things that Jesus did is letter A, he chose. He chose. 
You know, you've ever heard somebody say, well, I'm not going to choose. I'm not going to make a choice. I'm not going to do that. Well, guess what? By not making a choice, you've made a choice, right? Now, listen, you did not get where you are in life by accident. Wherever you find yourself tonight, you got there by making deliberate choices. You didn't get there by accident. You say, well, Pastor, you don't know what this person did to me and that person did to me and this. The reason that you are in the position you're in, the reason that I'm in the position that I'm in is because we've made choices. Nobody gets in the position that they are in life without making choices. See, the sum total of our lives come from the choices that we have made. And Jesus made a choice. What was his choice? You can find it over and over again in Scripture. I have come not to do my will, but to do the will of the Father. He, came, he made the choice to follow Scripture. He made the choice to be obedient. You say, well, yeah, but he was God, yes. But we're talking about in his humanity here, he had to make the choice. He had to make the... You say, well, how do you know that? Because the Bible says that he grew in wisdom and in stature with favor with man and God. So he had to make that choice in his humanity. You say, how do you explain all that? I, I don't know how to explain all that. I just know that Jesus was 100% human and that he was 100% God. And how they didn't intersect or didn't cross over, how they did, I can't explain all that. But I do know that Jesus in his humanity had to make the choice to follow the scriptures. To be obedient. He says, I've come not to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. Amen. Jesus made a choice. But secondly, the way Jesus made a decision, he withdrew. He withdrew. It's impossible to make spiritual decisions and be engulfed in the world system at the same time. Amen. It's impossible. You cannot make spiritual decisions and be engulfed in the world at the same time. See, we need sometimes, we need some times to be able to get away, to think through decisions. One of the reasons why I take a pastoral retreat twice a year is so that I can sp pray and spend time in the things of the Lord. Turn my phone off, turn all, my email off, Turn all that stuff off. All those distractions, I do my best to turn off. Why? So that that way I can make some priority decisions for the work of God. I don't want for this work what I want. I want for this work what God wants. You can't find that out by having the world in your ear and all the stuff that goes on. He withdrew himself. It was Jesus who went into the wilderness for 40 days before starting his public ministry. He spent 40 days alone with the Father before he chose the 12. So, how did Jesus make decisions? He chose, he withdrew. Number three, he prayed, or let her see. He prayed. I want you to turn to James chapter 1, if you would, please. James chapter 1. <clears throat> he prayed. Since Jesus, who was and, and is God in the flesh, felt it necessary to spend time in prayer, I think that we ought to learn to be able to spend time in prayer. Amen. 
Do you know that the average pastor, the average pastor today spends less than 15 minutes a day in prayer? No wonder we are spiritually anemic in the pew because we are sick in the pulpit. The reason that there's no power is because nobody's praying. And if Jesus thought it necessary to spend time in prayer, how much more do you and I need to spend time in prayer? See, it says he prayed in James chapter 1 and verse 5. Take a look. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. You know what you're praying for? You're praying that God would give you wisdom. He chose. He withdrew. He prayed. And then letter D, he obeyed. He obeyed. All the decisions that Jesus ever made were in keeping with the Word of God. And when you and I make decisions, we need to be obedient to the Word of God. It should never be in our lives that the attitude that we're going to choose whether we're going to obey the Word of God or not, that should already be settled. We're just going to be obedient. See, when you and I, when we make priority decisions, we need to obey. The Bible says what? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. It's, 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 it's not really a choice for us. We, we, we can choose either to obey or disobey. But then the question is, then are you going to expect the blessings of God upon your life if you choose not to obey? You shouldn't. I shouldn't if we're not going to obey. See, we need to understand that in order for us to have fulfillment in our lives, we must make priority decisions that are in line with the Word of God. The problem is too many Christians today have a skewed view of God. They look at Him as some sanctified genie that we can make demands from without accepting personal responsibility. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. And if you and I, if we're going to grow together this year, if we're going to grow in our giving over these next 12 months, then we are going to have to make priority decisions. If we're going to grow in this area of giving, if we're going to grow in this area of this stewardship in our life over these next 12 months, then we are going to have to make priority decisions. Let me ask you, are you willing to grow in this area? You know, I've often said that you can't love God or love people too much. And you can't. But guess what? You can't give too much to the work of God. You can't. It's an impossibility. It's an impossibility. What I find interesting is what if we were to only live on 10% of our income and God got the 90? God's so good to us that He says, You keep the 90. I would just like 10% of it. To be honest with you, I believe that's just the starting point for Christianity. Amen. 
That's just where you start out. And I'm challenging you to grow in your giving over these next 12 months by making priority decisions, saying, Lord, I'm going to take this step of faith. Remember, is that decision a step of faith? And I'm going to increase my tithe by X, Y, Z. You know, you've heard it over and over and over again. This has been a strong church that's preached the Word of God and it's been strong on giving. And I don't apologize for that. I'm thankful for that because I've been able to see God work in my own life through that. And I'm glad that we've had strong preaching over the years on giving and that we ought to give sacrificially. We ought to give unto the work of the Lord. Because I believe that if we are generous with what God has entrusted us to the work of God, God will bless His work and His people. Amen. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you.